D. Smith, welcome in. It's the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is the proud home of Golsh, the best Kolsch beer in the entire world, resides in Chula Vista at Three Punk Ales. Darren, what's happening? Oh, man, International Week. You kidding? Who's not fired up for USA and Cuba on Friday night for the CONCACAF Champions League, whatever this is called? It's a uh, weird state of depression you slip into. <laughs> CONCACAF Nations League, International Week. I, I want to make sure I get it right. By the way, I know we have a uh, theme for the podcast this week, which we'll get to momentarily. For those watching on YouTube, you might notice an extra person in the shot. We'll get to him in a second. But did you see this really bizarre interview that Jurgen Klinsmann gave? To ESPN with Hercules Gomez? Yes. <laughs> Did you see when he was asked about the CONCACAF Nations League? He's like, oh my God, what a waste of time. <laughs> He's right, isn't he? It's a giant waste of time. Yeah, I don't know why they were interviewing him. I don't know what was relevant about Jurgen Klinsmann, but he's like, he laughed. He's like, oh my God, what a waste of time the Nations League thing is. And then you start looking and you go, yeah, yeah, I guess it kind of is. Playing Cuba coming up on Friday and then playing against Canada next week. I don't know what we're doing here, but I don't know that it's making us any better. But hey, whatever. Four o'clock, I'm sure people will be gathering at O'Brien's. So go, go USA. Am I a a bad fan for not just being all in on this week? Did you know what was happening? I mean, we're playing Cuba, huh? Cuba, yeah. Okay, good to know. Good to know. CONCACAF Nations League. Do you know anything about this? It's match day two for CONCACAF Nations League. I mean, of course. Who's not following this? If you have not picked that to follow up on Twitter yet, just keep just to keep up with all the play-by-play, the analysis of ha- everything happening in that tournament, I don't know. By the way, Mexico, you're, you're, you're involved in this also because you're at Bermuda and then at the Azteca against Panama. So with all that said, we're <laughs> not going to talk about any of that on today's podcast. That is all just getting pushed to the side. There is, um, I mean, we could recap Champions League, I guess. We could, uh, we could recap... Uh, Chelsea being in fifth in the Prem and Pulisic getting an assist, but I think we've we've discussed that on Twitter enough. Um, I think we should talk about USL San Diego, and yes. I think we should uh, introduce the third person who is in the studio. For those listening on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, iHeart as well. Um, yes, um, tin can. You have a tin can line running out of this building. I saw have, as well. You, you have every hookup. We have an audience. We have people standing outside the window. For those listening outside the window, I mean that, that everyone can see that uh, we have a guest today. And for those who are tuning in on YouTube, you can see Drew Steck, who is being officially introduced as a part of USL San Diego as the general enthusiasm coordinator. I want to make sure I get this right. The general enthusiasm coordinator, Drew Steck with USL San Diego. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah. Just USL San Diego, we'll say supporters group as well. We'll make a distinction here today to kind of distinctly kind of set that up and and, and what that means and what we're doing here. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. Have you ever heard of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast? Um, I have I have heard that it's unnamed. I've never heard a name for the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, but I have definitely listened to it uh, once or twice back, uh, especially when you guys talk mean about Spurs. I, I skip over that part. That I do not hear, but... Uh, I don't know what you say during those parts. I just skip ahead about you five sk- minutes until I hear you guys talking about Pulisic again. dare you skip Joe so Prince right from last week? It's How like audio you? pixelation. Like it just sort of blocks out. You can't I was in a field position all of last week. I, I don't know what I heard and or when I heard it. So as a Spurs fan, we'll let that die because uh, we'll talk about following the dream. You guys want to follow the dream of CONCACAF Champions League? I would not follow that dream. No, but I don't. Are you sure it? Uh, no. no. <laughs> the, dr- the dream we're following here today is the, the idea of having a supporter's group for a local professional club at a high tier uh here in san diego and and we're very excited to be doing that 
Um, and so that's what I'm here to talk about today. All right. I like it. People interact with Drew a lot on Twitter. I see him. He's very, very active out there in the social media landscape of local soccer and local interests. So people have, I'm sure, come across some of your tweets. It's good to have you here in person as well. Let's start with the very basics here for somebody tuning in. Like, what the heck is a supporters group? I'm sure people are becoming more and more familiar with the fact that we do have professional soccer coming to town. It's going to be March of 2020. USL San Diego. We don't have a name yet. We don't have colors. We don't have a crest. We don't have kits. We have none of that yet, but we have the makings of a supporters group. So let's start with the basics, Drew. What is the supporters group? What is it that you guys do? Yeah, and a supporters group can mean things to different people. So we'll define what, how we are be, we've been defining it as a group as well, because all over the world you have supporters groups that are formed uh, out of out of groups that have that used to own the club. Uh, you have supporters groups that came about um, as certain you know workers or workers unions almost, which is always very interesting. Uh, and so you have different formations of groups around clubs and ser- sometimes several groups around clubs as well. So what we've been trying to do is provide kind of a big enough net to say, hey, if you want to represent this club and you you want to be part of what a supporters group means to you, we'd like to hear what that means to you. And for most of us, what it's been is a group that stands and sings for 90 minutes uh, or 90 plus minutes, right, with stoppage time, uh, waves flags, does smoke if we're allowed. Um, has been a big thing. Uh, Tailgates has a nonprofit, you know, kind of entity structure so that we can actually make difference in the community and not just for the team, um, but on and off the field as well, kind of supporting the team and supporting the city or the region as well. So that, that's kind of the goal here is, again, something that supports and increases the atmosphere. Uh, it will be something just to let people know off the bat. Supporter sections are really fun. They're really it's like a party to go to sometimes, but sometimes it's it's a party in the sense of we're trying to create an atmosphere for the players on the field and for also the fans in the stadium. Uh, and so within that, it's sometimes not the best place to sit as well. So that's one of those things we're just keep in mind, like as we've been going through the process, if you want to sit down and watch the game, you might want to be adjacent to have that atmosphere, but you might not want to be actually in it if you're not somebody who wants to stand and sing or, or be a part of that. So we've been kind of clear about that's kind of the distinction here is you may support the team. You may come to every game. You may wear the jersey every day or have it on your car. Being a supporter is different from being a fan in that essence. And so that's where people kind of define the two, generally. So, Darren, when you think of a supporters group, I don't know what words come to your mind. But for me, I think of atmosphere. I think of energy. I think of emotion. I think of beer. I think of of smoke. Smoke. And you, you threw out a weird line there in your answer. If we're allowed smoke, what, if we're allowed is, smoke, we, we, have, we have we have made several demands to the club up front as a entity, uh, just based on feedback and just our own premonition. Right, as smoke is a big one of them. Uh, uh, tifos, right, and kind of how we're going to roll those out, and and all of that is allowed by the club. It's all just kind of come down to how USD wants to handle that. Typically, it's just kind of how contained it is. Uh, whether or not there's some sort of fire personnel on hand, that's the kind of stuff that usually you end up with um, just negotiating with them. So right now, as of today, we can't say we have an official agreement. We also don't officially have a name. So we, there are certain things we're still working out, right? Hey, welcome um, to the club, pal. There we go, right? So it's uh, it, And we took some inspiration from you guys there for sure. <laughs> um, and that's that's probably why we're here today. But um, yeah, the, the goal here has been, again, to get the fans' voice heard uh, Smoke has been a big thing, and tailgating is another one that's that's somewhat problematic in Linda Vista, just based on the kind of the way that it's laid out. But we've looked at every single option, and we're not going to do, uh, we're we're not going to let that go until we exhaust every single option. So there should be, uh, again, we can't promise those two things, but those are the two things we're going to fight the hardest for to make sure that, that they happen. So know? I think smoke is just one small example of a bigger question that I think a lot of people have: how how are you connected with the club officially, and how is the supporters club? 
disconnected from the club? Like, what what part are you working with the club, and at what part are you guys not officially a part? Yeah, of Yeah, and the, the club work? here has been very unique in some ways, right? When you guys were, uh, Darren was talking to them on his great not sports show on Coco. Uh, that's fantastic. He was talking to our, our new owner AV, our, our Andrew Vasiliadis, but I like to call him AV for short. <laughs> you got AV and LD with Warren, uh, and so Warren and him were on your show talking about. Um, how it's you know something that they they approached it from market research before they even had a product right and so it's very interesting to be asked like what do you guys want right like it's just a different feeling as a sports fan especially as a Padres and Chargers fan for years to actually be asked about what we wanted that died when uh, Alex did uh, to some degree for that one team and then the other team has always had a somewhat problematic relationship with asking the fans and then giving them <laughs> sort of what they want um, but this group has been really pointed at getting to what exactly fans want and what do we really what's the essence of what we want and not just a Delivering us a faster horse, you know, in the in the kind of uh, 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 the analogy with Henry Ford, right? If all all I gave him was a faster horse, right? They've been really trying to think outside the box and make sure they deliver on every angle. And part of that has been talking with us directly to make sure that we're aware of what they're doing, so that we can help match their process. So we are an independent process. We are going to form an independent uh, corporation, an independent uh, nonprofit from the club. Uh, and by that, we mean that we work hand in hand with the club. We, uh, they have certain bylaws that they expect of us. We're going to have our own incorporated bylaws as well. And this is typical how the 3052, 3252 up in LAFC operate, the Timbers Army, uh, any of these larger supporters groups kind of operate usually as a 501C7. Uh, so we're looking into all of that kind of stuff. So if you're somebody who does finance or does nonprofit stuff, we could definitely use your help and love for you to show up to Bay City on the 19th as well. So there's all sorts of things that we uh, are, are doing as a separate entity that, again, it's almost like starting a whole other team outside the team. Uh, that, that we're doing here. So how did you guys end up becoming who you are today? Because one thing that people know who listen to this podcast who live in San Diego, they know you're a Tottenham fan. So you guys, there's a collection of Spurs fans that gather at the Harp in Ocean Beach. Shout Jordan's out. a Chelsea fan. Shout out. Jordan's a Chelsea fan. So from time to time, he'll go to Shakespeare's as your pub. Our place is Serrano's for the Barca fans. So uh, how do you sew this all together? Because, you know, there's a lot of different supporters groups who support European soccer. There's a lot of Club Tijuana fans. There's a lot of MLS fans. Like, how do you sew it all together to create a supporters group? Like, what what has that process been like for you just trying to form a soccer community with so many different entities out there? It's actually been really fun to talk to different people that you haven't, you know, previously bent the ear of, or people that on Twitter maybe you you didn't have you didn't have to listen to their arguments before because you're just like, hey, you're another guy on Twitter that lives in the county that likes soccer, and you have a club that's not my club, so I rarely have to listen to you. Um, but hearing them have to engage on USL and you say, OK, so we do have a very big difference of opinion here. But it's great to hear those things because it does give you more breadth and depth to your understanding of what people want. Um, and so that's actually been really exciting to hear. And, and to be honest, part of this is kind of being a lighthouse. Uh, I think that's what's exciting for a lot of people and exciting for me myself is that somebody who's engaged on the Spurs level, um, engaged on a street soccer level as well and found some sort of. Um, you know, kind of culture basis there that's been nice to actually have a watering hole where different groups and entities can come and check in. We've had uh, on that basis uh, with the Bridge Barcada down in uh, uh, Chicano Park, we've had USL, we've had 1904 both come down and work with us. And I think it's something similar with the supporters group is the idea to be a safe harbor for all the supporters groups and all the different soccer entities of people who like to support in that way. Um, especially those people down at the harp, I know like to sing. Um, you know, Ben forces them to sometimes, but uh, usually they're pretty jolly about it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's people who are going to want to be part of something like this, just naturally based on where they've been in the past. And so trying to find those different threads of, uh, you'll have a discussion too, with somebody like that who will say, uh, from a British supporters angle, we don't really do flags. We don't really do things like that. We just stand and sing. So, 
Uh, they, they have a different viewpoint of maybe what they think a supporters group is. I think for us, it is more eclectic. It's going to be pulling from a few different areas as well. So uh, your voice will be heard. Sometimes the group will win, you know, and that's true of certain things. There's certain things that just bug me that I'm like, Ugh. like, I don't know if that's a me thing, but the group's going to love it. Right. And that's one of those things where always it's always about the collective and kind of building a supporter team together as well and buying in sometimes. And that's sometimes giving up something that you think um, is a certain way to buy into something that's bigger than yourself. And right, that's the whole idea of a team. So what would you say some of, what are great qualities of a supporters group? When you when you think of other, you referenced a couple other supporters group around Major League Soccer, but if you want to talk about European supporters groups, yeah. uh, what are some, what are the great qualities of a supporters well, group? Well, there, there's great qualities, and then there's ones that make you well known as a supporters group, but may not necessarily make you a great supporters group, right? So uh, Boca and River Plate, uh, if you're thinking about those two in particular, are, are known for fantastic support in terms of how crazy they are for their teams, but sometimes that spills over into things that aren't so great, right? And that's what I think American supporters have had the opportunity to do, is to stand against kind of the the ultra mantra uh, and be some besides San Jose, sorry San Jose, um, but there's a uh, an idea of trying trying to turn supporters into something that is more um, you know enlightened as opposed to something that is just you know strictly passionate forward, but also passionate in a creative way or passionate in a fun way as opposed to passionate um, in a completely strong way. Although there's always those moments, right? Um, where the where the red cards pulled out on your team and how are you going to react as a supporter section to let them know uh, that that's not okay? So I think uh, you know certain ones stand out to you as kind of infamous and great in certain ways. Um, I think you look at certain sections. I think is really the 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 bigger idea. So things like the cop um, stand in in Liverpool. I think you look at that and you say. Um, that's something where you want to recreate that sort of identity for yourself because that's internationally known. It's associated with the club almost hand in hand in terms of how it feeds off of that stand and how they uh, they run things out of it. And then uh, from my own selfish Spurs side, you know, you do have different almost uh, sections within that stadium, which is really cool. So, you know, eventually you maybe get a group that just sits and watches the games, but they'll also sing along, right? Um, and that happens a lot in Portland as well. Most people there do sit, but they will. you will see them singing along or, or singing with the song. So, um, there, there's different groups, I think, that have different identities. And for us, it's going to be San Diego. That's going to be what it is. So it's whatever's the most San Diego way to express supporting soccer, I think, is going to be what eventually emanates out of this group, um, both in a name and then in terms of like culture and, and what we end up doing. Right. So that sounds a lot like what the club has been uh, preaching, which is to be very, very uniquely San Diego. Like they really want to be loyal to the soil. They want to be very San Diego representa- uh, representative. So with that said, Drew, like, how hard is it for you guys to develop your own identity when we're still waiting to find out what the identity of the club is to a certain extent when it comes to colors? You know, you think uh, of 3252, you go up there, and, and I realize these things, nothing is done in a day, but, you know, their songs, I'm, I'm in my head, you know, the black and gold, dolly, dolly, black and gold. So, you know, how hard has it been? You, you can't be 100% done. It's going to evolve once play starts in March, and it's going to take years, and it will always evolve. That's what a supporters group is all about. That's the fun part, yeah. But, yeah, but like, like, has it been a bit of a challenge? What's it been like trying to come up with an identity when we don't know what the name is yet? We don't know what the colors are. We don't know what the crest looks like. It's it's hard because I liken this a lot to gardening somewhat because it is, you know, we're trying to hook up hydroponics here and, and build something fast, right, because we have to. But at the same time, these things are, are generally organic, you know, by right. nature. So the the issue is trying to synthesize it while keeping it organic right and so that's been the hardest part is trying not to force things but trying to let things come to you as well as not trying to just say like hey this word sounds good you know it sounds strong um you know like armada that's a oh it's a strong word but like that's that's not it right it doesn't 
meet you here in a way that feels like, oh, I'm part of the Armada. It's not something that feels strictly San Diego or strictly maybe um, sport. Sorry, anybody who's going to submit that name. Good luck to you. Um, and, I, and I won't discount you on the day. But I will say there's just certain things that I, I believe are going to kind of rise up and rise out that have already kind of come in certain key times. Uh, that everything kind of happens for a reason. I think a lot of this USL and kind of how it's fallen together has felt like in the wake of things that have happened in the past, um, that it's meant to be in a certain way because it's just kind of clicked at certain angles. And so for us as a sports group, we found that as well. Um, so part of it's trusting the process, trusting the people, uh, finding the best people to be involved, I think is the best answer to what you're saying is, is just finding the people who understand what this process looks like at the end and trying to work our way back uh, and, and build those pieces in as we go. So a lot of it's been getting the people. A lot of it's also just been trying to bring in different opinions, getting different ideas, different opinions, just kind of what the club is doing as well, having these supporters meetups around the county to try and just reach people where they're at, uh, and then now trying to just have an open-door format for people to come and kind of make their mark as well as help decide what this is going to look like. So uh, that's kind of where, for us, I think, uh, to your point, raising this uh, from nothing <laughs> – is is difficult especially when you're not given a backboard right so for some people if we knew like hey shivas usa is coming here right like so originally the groups that kind of rolled out of lafc rolled out of an old an old team so some of them had the ability to kind of find some of those same bases again uh for us it's been very much trying to pull people together out of other various efforts um and and to that point has been definitely difficult because you want something to hook into. But at the same time, I think it's also freeing because it allows us to kind of look at what what is going to define us as a group versus what is going to find the team as a group. And I think that at, especially with the, the name and crest coming out soon, um, it's good to get ours out first, I believe, just in the sense of, number one, we have to incorporate and do a lot of things uh, legally. But it's also good because it helps us identi identify ourselves and then the team can kind of respond to that identity as well. And then that'll be a nice kind of counterbalance thing as opposed to choosing a name just because it's based on the team's name, right? And I think that that's um, a nice thing. It, it kind of gives two independent schools of thought. Uh, it reminds me of a weird Blink-182 song back when they still actually lived in San Diego uh, on the, uh, the uh, I think it was just self-titled album, uh, where they wrote uh, Feeling This, essentially in two separate rooms. They wrote the lyrics in two separate rooms entirely. And then they came together and they wrote the song. And I think Bowie... And more famously, Bowie and Queen did it on Under Pressure. They wrote just two different sets of lyrics, came together and recorded it. Um, and so that's kind of what I think this is. It, it's a little bit of that, where it's a creative kind of thing. We, we see what they're doing and kind of where they're shaping it. But at the same time, it's completely independent. And to be honest, we really, uh, I, I like that fact. I think it's kind of cool. Did they fly you guys to Dortmund? Uh, not yet. No? Uh, okay. Not yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten to experience that. Unfortunately, too, their investment is... Uh, you know, shy, they're not having to do what LAFC did in terms of throwing that much money in downtown Los Angeles <laughs> straight off the bat. And luckily, I think it's a really good way to build a club. And to be honest, just from a personal angle, what I do like about the USL versus something like MLS or what we had uh, in a previous opportunity is that uh, opportunity to be more organic than synthesized. That would have been hyper synthesized because of the size that you're looking at. Um, and so in this case, we, we are starting smaller, so you can kind of build a little bit more organically and figure things out as you go, and you don't have to force them as much or just make decisions to make decisions, which, which has been kind of nice. Hmm. So tell us about the event coming up at Bay City for those who are listening to the podcast who yeah. have a, an idea for a name, who want to be involved leading up. Uh, tell us about the event and how people can be involved. So yeah, speaking of trying to force a decision here, so we're forcing a decision on the uh, <laughs> on the 19th of this month, October, at Bay City at noon. So noon is very important because if you are going to come and present a name, we need you there right when we kick off just because they're going to go quick and, and fast and we're going to do them five minutes at a time. Um, so the goal here 
is to have you uh, either show up and just listen and and give us your thoughts and vote, uh, or come and present a name if you'd like. Uh, and we're going to have a forum there. It's probably going to take about an hour to, to two hours of listening to names and then voting, um, where we just allow the public and anybody who wants to be part of this entity. And we, we've mostly talked to a lot of different individuals who have had different ideas. Um, and this seemed like the best way to do it, is just give them an open space, give them a, a common format. You know, if you want to present with media, you can. Uh, we have an option for that. Uh, and we do have, uh, you know, kind of a setup to make it to where uh, if you just want to hang out, have a beer, listen to some stuff. That's great, too. We just really want to get everybody to come together and use this as a chance to kick off and get everybody shaking hands, seeing each other, meeting each other. Uh, some for the first time, we say, oh, I, I followed you on Twitter, and you've seen a lot of that at the meetups, which has been really great. So this is just giving a big chance to kind of say this is our big step forward. We'll have a name at the end of the day, and from there, we'll start kind of pushing in all directions. Again, uh, about a month or so after that, we'll probably look at starting to take our first memberships. So this is really the kickoff to everything else that follows it, you know, the supporter scarves, the merch, the all of that stuff can't start until we have a name. So that's where for us, just like the club, begins with that. And then after that, we roll out from here. So that's what the 19th at Bay City is all about. It's about kicking off that process. And again, if you don't have really strong feelings about the name, we still want you there because this is important for everybody to come together uh, for this initial date for us. Will you be pitching a name? Me personally, I've got a couple ideas, um, but I... I I don't know. I, I've been trying to be a little bit more objective about this specific process. I got really up in arms about a few different team names, uh, including the club name for a while on Twitter and in some of Facebook groups. And so I put a lot of assertions out there. And then when it came to this name, it was just like I, nothing struck me strongly. I didn't really have a thread to follow. Usually you'll find something you'll feel like, oh, this this feels like, uh, you know, like bedrock or like that's a term that feels like something to you. OK, so what does that mean to me? Bedrock, you know, stones of the sea, cliffs, you know, and you, you follow certain pathways that lead you names. I have none of those for this, to be honest. So like, <laughs> like I've heard ones and I'm like, oh, that sounds good. But like for me, it's been really uh, off-putting. So it's been nice to kind of uh, take more of a uh, advisory role with people and, and sh shepherding their names through and saying like, oh, what do you think about this name? Well, it's kind of strong here, maybe not as strong here. Give me some meaning behind it and, and helping them develop that idea, not just a word. And I think that that's been kind of fun. Yeah, this um, I think this has been a very educational over the last twenty two minutes. But I would also ask you, Drew, this seems like it's very time consuming. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like no joke. Like I give you a lot of credit here. I, I think that you obviously are investing a lot of your time, not just to show up here and do the podcast today, but to be active on social media, to be active in all the different things. I mean, how how much of your life you're a married man? I mean, how much of your life? Is uh, is now being dedicated to uh, to operating the supporters group. Yeah, and 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 shout out to Daryl and uh, and Steve and Jerry who have all kind of the, the four of us have been owning this burden together and and shouldering it at cer certain times individually. Um, so it's never felt like it was too much for for any one of us. And we've tried to bring in anybody else who wants to really jump in on that wavelength. But as people who have been a part of forming supporters groups and other supporters groups, um, you know, and me me officially, I've never been as as involved as the three of them. Um, who all have different backgrounds and various things. So for me, it's been a little bit more eye-opening, but it's also been, I've been a little bit more eager to do it, to be honest. So for me, it's a little bit more fun in some ways. Um, and, and so it's good in that way, but it is one of those things where um, you plan. You just kind of have to start planning and figuring things out as they go and starting making phone calls. Hey, I don't know how to do this. You know, what does a nonprofit look like for a supporters group? Okay, so let's do some research and see what other people are. Uh, and then what works for us here in San Diego based on a tax base, talk to a couple people. And again, as you bring other opinions and other people into the group, they might have shed some light that's that's helpful. And really, again, it's been uh, talking to people is really getting the best uh, part out of this is 
is shifting that from, hey, this is something that feels like a task for me to an opportunity for a relationship with somebody else, which has been really cool. Um, and beyond that, uh, for me, I've got, yeah, I've got other responsibilities. Daryl and Steve are actually both with child at the moment <laughs> in terms of, uh, their situations and Jerry's got a kid as well. So, uh, everybody's got stuff, but, uh, it is really one of those things where it's joyous work. It's really happy stuff that, um, I think for us, we, we don't know how not to do it. <laughs> and so that's why we're doing it is that we're people who just felt like I can't sit here and watch other people have to carry that forward when I know I could help and I could contribute in a certain way. So for us, it's been just our unique skill sets and kind of what we've done in the past that's really helped shape this idea and, and push it forward. So, Yeah, well, we do want to tell everyone to get out there. Bay City, October 19th. 12 p.m. and get there at noon. There, there may be a name that is introduced that day yeah. that has never been introduced, and that could be you the could, name of the supporters group. So, so the deal is we have a form on our uh, on our Twitter currently. It'll be on our Facebook page. Everywhere the club will will probably help us get it out there as well. And so we're at unnamed SG and U N N A M E D S G. Fantastic. On Twitter, name. yeah, right. Uh, for the time being, and it'll probably change uh, on yes. Saturday the nineteenth. Unfortunately, yeah, for, yeah, for that's you guys, what we said about seven years ago. Yeah, I know, right? Well, see, maybe if you guys come forward and make your case, you could submit. Uh, there's a form there uh, via the pinned tweet uh, that says, "Hey, if you click here, you sign up with Google. You just have to sign in with your Google address, so that if you want to upload a file, upload an image, that kind of stuff, we can just track it back to somebody. Um, you submit your name officially there. We're just asking for a description, whatever you want to give us, and that gives you five minutes of time locked in on that Saturday to present your name, however you feel like. If you want to give a, a keynote style. Apple presentation, like like you're selling an iPhone, go ahead. If you just want to stand up and say two minutes or even just two sentences about your name, that's great too. And so that's what we'll allow on the day is if you don't submit via that form, if you do just show up on Saturday and say, oh, I just totally forgot, but I've got this great name, we will give you a minute of speaking time. So it's just the way to keep it fair for people who apply ahead of time versus people who just show up. But if you do come, either way, we're going to give you a, a form to have your voice heard. So I'm just excited to see what people come up with. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fun event. And we're excited. We're excited to be down there. And yeah, uh, thanks for coming. We'll be a part of it. And before we uh, say goodbye, um, this won't have anything to do with USL San Diego, but it was something that I was reminded of when I went on a trip to Italy not too long ago, walking around Rome, saw a lot of soccer in the streets, um, saw a lot of it on the beaches of the Cinque Terre, saw it in Florence as well. And uh, something you're involved in is Bridge Barcata, which is something that you can talk about, introduce people to potentially, and invite people to if you want to get out and actually play the sport yeah. and be around a lot of people here in San Diego who just like getting out and playing, there's a great opportunity for you. And, and yeah, thanks for the platform for this, because it really is something that's really been cool for me in the last year and a half to see uh, growing myself as well as growing the community. It was something where I never thought I would be play street soccer. For a lot of reasons, I fall down a lot. I'm tall and I'm gangly, and so... I'll I, I tend to lose my balance because my legs are bigger than most of my body. Um, so if I get take one little turn here or there, uh, you know, I've got good balance, but it just tumbles, right? Big tree, fall hard. So I was never <laughs> a person who thought street soccer would be my game. But it's one of those things where as you start to play it, you actually realize that you don't fall down as much because <laughs> the ground is hard and then you, you just naturally create an aversion like playing basketball. You position your body different than if you were playing outdoor soccer. But you get to make some of those quick runs. And I got to use some of my talents in a way that I never used them in basketball, um, you know, where I could defend and box out. But I could also use hold up play and use my legs in ways that I wouldn't be able to use in basketball. Um, that I always enjoyed using them in soccer and outdoor soccer. So for me, as somebody who didn't play for years and then came into this last year, it was really cool uh, just from my own personal story to 
re- love playing again, and it really does ignite it. And it's something for I'm 33 uh, or almost 33, but um, but it's I feel 33 right today. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter. We've seen people who are up to like kind of in their mid 50s. We've seen kids who are you know five or six come out on these courts and they can play together because the court isn't too big to where size isn't you know size helps. You know I definitely being bigger helps. But you you can create an advantage based on whatever your particular skill set is. And so it's been really cool to watch different people just kind of explore their space, gain more confidence. I've gained more confidence. A lot of us have. And so it's a free uh, street soccer uh, group for anybody who's wondering. Uh, We play in Chicano Park every Friday at 3.30 p.m. and Saturday at 9 a.m. And we have some other dates sometimes on Sundays or Thursdays if somebody wants to pick up a day. And we're looking to grow uh, all over the county. But for now, that's been our home base. And it's been really good to us in terms of getting people to come out and just play for free, completely free. Bring your sneakers. We've got goals. We've got nets. Uh, We just throw you a bib. You don't need a a team or anything. Um, And so it's been really fun to have people integrate, find, you know, kind of their love and passion for the game to play and not just uh, not just a watch right and and i love the watch but for me it's just kind of create a whole different um part of my brain that's really excited about um you know the the game and kind of how it develops different people yeah it's like going to open gym back in the high school days exactly playing ball. it's totally what it is with it's the great. dj sometimes and uh it looks great i mean i've not yeah. done it does it looks amazing i've seen the video clips out there i've seen still photos pushed out on social media it looks fantastic but don't don't yeah don't feel like hey i'm not a player or i I honestly never have played soccer as much. Like if you played ba- basketball or other sports your whole life, you're probably fine. Honestly, you're, you're ahead of most people coming back into this. Even some outdoor soccer players, we had a tournament on on uh, Sunday with Adidas, and, and that was really fun to have them kind of come out and, and formalize some of what we were doing there. Um, but there was one team that was from Point Loma, and those guys were great. Uh, but you could see that they were an outdoor team, and they hadn't probably played street. Maybe they played a couple times, but you could tell that their passes and the way they were running and just kind of the way they were looking for stuff was definitely more trying to adjust on the fly from the outdoor game. And they were picking it up over time, but it was very interesting to see the differences is that it's almost more difficult when you're coming from something that's close but very different um, to something that's you know there. So if you're you know somebody's like, physically, I don't know if I could. You only have to play seven minutes. So if you show up, you play seven minutes, and you're out. That's all you have to do and say, oh, I'm out. Okay, it's terrible. I never want to do it again. Trust me, after seven minutes, you're going to want to play at least two to three more times. Then you'll be sore and say, maybe I don't want to do that uh, as much next week, but you'll definitely want to keep coming back for sure. I don't know, Darren. Can we? Seven minutes sounds like a lot. Hey, man. <laughs> seven you minutes guys are younger than I am. I don't want to hear it from you two. You guys are still in your 30s. I'm getting closer to 50 every single minute, so I don't want to hear it from you two. You well, guys got all the energy in the world. So Drew feels 33, which I don't know if I would say that on the podcast because now the supporters group's like, he only feels 33. He only feels we can get more. We can get out of him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't feel 40 yet? Come on. I yeah, know. That's, uh, <laughs> Uh, 50 real uh, quick. Right, that dude's not working hard enough. Yeah. No, man. No, <laughs> well, I think really I think your I think your yoga would help you though. I think you you can stretch and kind I'm of. Uh, I'm in good shape for 47. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I think I think you're good. I, you look good doing those soccer celebrity games. I think yeah. Yeah, I think you'll be good. I, I've moved around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have. All right. Now he's just <laughs> sucking up. Yeah. We both I just I want to get everybody to come. I want to I will games. I will try and tell everybody to come out and play at least once. Uh, That's fun. Do it, it for fun. Don't so get, to get over yourselves. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, it's totally fun. That's the cool thing too. It's not super competitive. Uh, it is. It can be really really good games, but you don't have to feel like you're letting people down or that it's it's terrible. It's it's all about having fun is really kind of our goal too. So if you are somebody who just feels like, ah, oh, it's too competitive, trust me, if, if all of those things have turned you off about other leagues in town, that's why people come here and play. I feel like Drew is shooting down every single excuse we have thrown their way over yes. the years. We're pretty good pretty at much. that. That's kind of uh, been our MO. <laughs> yeah. I want you to uh, go 30 seconds on uh, just, just uh, destroy Jordan and Chelsea. 
Um, so and and the whole uh, all the shenanigans going on with Pulisic right now. So it's very funny to watch it feels them. Good. Like, yeah, it feels it's just good. to watch just them celebrate their his assist. Like it was an assist, guys. Like I don't like people take goals away from Harry Kane like they're nothing. Like oh, it's a penalty merchant. Like oh, just another goal for Kane. What a trash goal. Oh, he just put it in the back of the net. You know, it wasn't fancy or anything. Pulisic gets an assist, and it's like oh man, this is. Look at this guy. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, He's the savior now. He's coming back. This is the start of everything. And it's like, I get that it's a process. Just own that it's a process. I think that that's a much more fair way to look at it. But at the same time, it's it's funny to go watch you guys squirm both ways to go, it's a process the last week, and then uh, he scores an assist, and then it's like, oh, no, it's he's back. He's going to start next week. It's, yeah, we'll see. Good. That was great. Yeah. Good take. Yeah. yeah. He'll, get a, he'll get another assist in about seven matches, and it's going to be a fantastic Yeah, assist. maybe Carabao Cup. Maybe, maybe he's maybe going we'll to start in the yeah. Carabao Cup. Maybe we'll have a club name by then yeah yeah well, maybe do you have any clue on what the club name is going to be the colors can you give us anything on that uh no not really uh i've tried to keep it uh, i've tried to keep out of it in some ways because i've been pulled into it in some ways but I, I will say just in terms of like different people and ideas and things like that but uh personally i'm just excited that they have taken the time to look at all of the options that are on the table including listen to my own and so i know they listen to my ideas and they listen to a lot of other people's ideas and that's something that really excites me so whatever they choose i know that i put my two cents in just like this and what we're doing and so if you want to feel that way come out to us on the, the 19th and the team will do something similar i think uh in terms of how it feels when it comes out so i'm just excited to see what they chose and, and where they went with it Cool. Drew, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming in, making the trip to iHeart and uh, sitting down with us, explaining, uh, giving us more insight to the supporters group, the process that you guys are going through. March 2020 is going to be here very quickly, not just for the club, but also for you guys. So uh, we do appreciate all the work that you're putting in, not only with the club, but obviously just implementing some street soccer here in San Diego. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys, for having us on and doing all you do to talk about the game and talk about, again, what what interests you guys, I think, interests others and drives other people. And so I've always enjoyed listening, and we'll keep retweeting and uh, and uh, pushing your podcast to anybody who hasn't listened to it yet. So thanks. Right. And might I also just take this opportunity to promote something that Drew was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, speaking of iHeart, earlier the radio show, do a sports show, do a news show over on uh, Kogo, Warren Smith and Andrew Vasiliadis. Who is the AV? Yes, he is the chairman, the owner of the club. Thirty-six years old, and you should get him down to Chicano Park. We we invite him. He said yes. Yeah, he's thirty-six years old, youngest owner in USL. Uh, and Warren Smith made a couple of announcements. They didn't come out and tell us anything about the name or the crest or the colors or anything like that. They said in time, but they did said uh, they were working on uh, multiple broadcast platforms. Radio, television, and Spanish language radio as well. So I thought that was interesting just from a distribution standpoint to have a couple of updates about where you might be able to hear. If you're not going to be in the supporter section or if you're not going to be in one of the adjacent sections there at USD, that they will have broadcast options for you both home and away. Yeah, I heard that interview with AV and Warren Smith. They provided really good insight, as much insight as they're willing to give right Mm -hmm. now. And uh, one of my big takeaways from that interview, Darren, was AV. He sounded like someone who has been in San Diego and experienced San Diego sports for quite some time. That was my big takeaway. Yes, he knows. Which isn't a – I mean, it's as someone who's born and raised too and, like, going through all that. It matters. Yeah. I mean, he he has an understanding that not everyone would. It's a deep context. And not when you try and tell people, you just look at them and then you sigh usually. And then you you figure out, like, I can't really tell you how how this feels to be a San Diego sports fan because the moments of elation are just so rolled over by just, like – dredges of nothingness right so it's like that's that's the thing that i don't think you can describe how much of apathy there's been just over the years so it's it's fun to see somebody who understands that 
actually trying to you know put their money where their mouth is and say I want to do something about that and and bring something here that people can be proud of. So it's exciting. I have one more one quick thing before we wrap um, for you, Drew, because Jordan and I have talked about this. You know, it surprises me that that there's been some pushback locally because it's usl and it's not mls and and i i've said wait a minute here if we're the soccer culture that we claim to be then we're going to be fully supportive of usl so from your standpoint i'll I'll just let you chime in on that note as well yeah so i touched on it a little bit earlier i think the biggest thing for me what's up marty caswell hey um favorite reporter for years uh so (laughs) Anyway, this is like a celebrity moment for me. For these guys, it's like, oh, these guys are great. I see them out at yeah, Brian's Martin's all the time. Here. Marty's here. It's awesome. Um, so MLS versus USL. For me, and this is good for Marty to hear because it's a, just a general sports take. So really what you're dealing with is some people saying it's a minor league or lower league division, but you're not really looking at the full picture of what's going on in U.S. soccer to, to some degree, I think. So if you want to extrapolate that out, that becomes a whole other discussion. But really, basically, is that it's much more approachable. I think that it's something where if we had an MLS club day one, you'd have tickets and you'd have people kind of griping over possible prices just due to the fact that you have to subsidize some sort of stadium build or something else, right? Uh, in terms of a franchise here, you have the opportunity to build it up from the ground up and have a say, as well as it being approachable, again, from being transparent with the community. They've been much more transparent than you would have been allowed to be in the case of being a more public or uh, not a public, but a, a single owned entity like MLS, where it's more of an NFL like structure. So all these things that we disliked about the NFL as a, as a single entity structure in terms of just overbearing and certain rules and things. MLS has gone through a whole lot of that in the last six months with its supporters groups, with its various teams. And moving forward, it is very troublesome um, to have to look at that being something where you have to figure out what the league is doing in order to figure out what your team is doing, what the opportunity here with USL is. We can really build something that's unique to us. And they do have their own rules that are quirky to American soccer, um, but they do have the best kind of structure if you're looking at kind of a top-down structure in terms of quality of play and bringing players up. Um, that's just been much more successful in that sense. So to me, I think it's going to give us more of a community angle where the players that are coming through are more of our people from our community, which I think everybody always loves to see and was everybody's favorite thing always with the Padres and the Chargers was seeing local guys play. And then the other part of that being, again, it's much more approachable as well as it's going to be more independent and allows us as a team, to, uh, as a group, right, to build something that's going to be bigger than just a, a, a single entity something that can kind of wrap around possible multiple entities and rise those up either into different leagues or possibly at some point, if you really read up on American soccer, you can see where USL and MLS are going to kind of reach a collision course at some point. Um, And so that would allow us to have more probably negotiating power than already being part of MLS. So if you really look down the road, and a lot of people can speculate on a lot of things, but for me, just for a, a quick speculation corner, it actually might be better to grow this way than to kind of be you know, quickly synthesized into something that you have to buy and, and, and rise up that other teams have been doing for, thir- for 20, 30 years almost. So, Who is our rival? Uh, right now, today, Orange County, uh, just because their proximity is so close. And we hate we can, them, we can right? Say something mean about that. Um, yeah. I could, but I can't say, I don't know if I could say on the podcast, but if you drop the O from County, um, Orange. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. that's kind of how I feel about those guys. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> There, uh, essentially, I lived in Anaheim for two years, and there's going to be a lot of just things we can lay on, layer on to Orange County in terms of uh, what they what they have uh, up there and how oh, they try I to. It. I just wrote it down. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. See, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If You're you think about it, with Marty in the room. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's also one of the, I think it's more clever to not say it. You know, <laughs> just to, to say around it. So they're a synthesized culture. Speaking of synthesized culture, we can get into Orange County and uh, Orange Julius up there. But um, yeah, we're. 
Uh, them I can't and Phoenix, wait to beat them. Phoenix is going to be intense because Phoenix is good. So I think Phoenix will definitely be one where it's like us versus them because they have the MLS, MLS aspirations at this point and they're trying to like leave the league. So part of it's like, oh, you guys think you're too good for us? Um, and then uh, certain people are excited for Fresno. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't get that at I, all. I couldn't be. I, yeah, I, I've driven through there a few times. You can get me excited if you tried. Uh, Yellowstone's there, which is nice. but uh, Or not Yellowstone, uh, Yosemite. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, probably Orange County, Phoenix are, are the two I'm eyeballing. And then v- Vegas will also be. Yeah. Uh, I feel a, like there's tension with Vegas because of the managers, right? Like if Landon ends up being the manager yeah, for USL San Diego, there was some tension scene. there with him and Winalda in Vegas. So well, it could it could that that could create some tension into the rivalry. Oh, totally. And I think that their fan base and ours are kind of different in the sense of like we're chill, but we're also passionate in a way that's palpable. They're they're chill, but they're like kind of having a party in their supporter section where I don't know if they're necessarily like aware that a game's going on sometimes. So it's one of these things where it's just like a kind of uh, similar but different cultures of passive aggressiveness that I think will kind of go on between us and Vegas, well, which right. will get kind of fun. We look forward to uh, celebrating goals against Orange County, against Las Vegas, and throwing Golsh beer everywhere. Yeah, yeah. supporters. Golsh everywhere, and uh, I'm excited. I haven't tried it yet. I, I got to get down there and try that Golsh. Nicely done. Well done. Good talking to you, Joe. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, right. we appreciate cool. it. So uh, the event, obviously, something to look forward to. October 19th, 12 p.m. Bay City. Be out there for that. Uh, we want to give our thanks to Drew Steck for joining the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, which is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista and also by Sport Clips, Darren. Mm. And you can find us. It looks like you went to Sport Clips not too long ago. I'm going shorter and shorter all the time. It's been about a week and a half. So, yeah. It's looking sharp. Rolling, also, uh, Rolling Stone gathers no moss. We're on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and a whole bunch of other places. Check us out on Instagram. Quitting iHeart. And iHeartRadio. That's where we're in the iHeart Studios. iHeart Studios. Hopefully the future home of a broadcast if, if those conversations continue. Wow. Ooh.